Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast series where I get to chat with beautiful and empowering women of the world. As you know, my name is Chloe Brown, and in today's episode, I am lucky enough to have the powerful, independent, inspiring Miss Cheryl Strayed to join me today. Hi everyone, I feel very honored to join you on today's podcast of Empowering Women, and I love talking about my journey and my projects. Well, before we start off with some few with a few questions that I've prepared for you, do you mind giving the listeners an introduction about yourself and about your journey through life? Yes, of course. Hi everyone who's listening today. My name is Shell Strayed. I am 53 years old. I'm married to my lovely husband of 23 years and have two beautiful kids. I have written six books, my most popular being Wild. Growing up with my mom, um, she would work many different jobs to care for my sister, brother, and I. She was our everything. My dad left when I was six. He wasn't made to be a dad. As a kid, we didn't have much money, but my mom would always say that we weren't broke because we're rich in love. The amount that she loved us was beyond her reach. It could not be quantified or contained. My mom then later married Eddie, my stepdad. He was someone who made her happy. He was a good father figure for me and my siblings. I later on went to college in the Twin Cities and discovered that my school offered free classes for parents of students. That's how my mom and I ended up going to the school, going to school together. While both of us were in college, working hard to get our degrees, we learned that my mom had cancer. We were told that she had a year, a year left to live, a year left to live. My mom sadly lost her battle to cancer 49 days after. Before my mom's death, I was married to Paul, my husband. He did everything he could to make me feel less alone. But while my mom was dying, I felt something inside me was dead to Paul, and I ended up cheating on him a couple times. I eventually divorced Paul to find my own path. Four years after my mom's death, I started my solo journey on the Pacific Crest Trail, which is talked about a lot in my book, The Wild. During that very long hike, I learned a lot. I met a bunch of other hikers who had impacts on my, on my journey, some making it better and others making it harder. After 1,100 miles, I ended, up, I, ended my life cha- I ended my life-changing journey at the Bridge of the Gods. I celebrated by buying myself an ice cream cone and I found a white bench to sit on. Nine years after that, I returned to that bench with the man who became my husband and our two kids. Now I am the host of the New York Times hit podcast, Sugar Calling, and also Dear Sugars, and living a happy life with my family. Wow, that's crazy. When reading your book, Wild, and then learning about everything that you went through and faced, then deciding to like to hike that 1,100 miles without any training or anything and doing it all independently as a woman, I find that to be truly inspiring and powerful. I was wondering if you could talk a little about a little bit about why you even chose to hike that 1,100 miles, and what would you tell someone if they hit a rush past and are struggling in life? Yeah, good question. With my mom, who I was very close to dying at a very young age with cancer, my siblings, my siblings, my stepdad and I barely talking, my grief, my cheating on my husband, my divorce, and all, and I also got to the point where my life, I also was in the point where I got tox, in a to, into a toxic relationship and started doing drugs and heroin and having sex with random men. Everything was just going very wrong in my life and I knew that I needed to find a way out and get away from it, start fresh. Deep down, part of me knew that the wilderness was going to be a place that was kind of a home to me. On some gut level, I knew that the wild places of the earth were going to offer me some sort of nurturing, that nurturing quality, quality that we seek when we go home. But I also think my young mind had an impact on those decisions. I knew that I had been leaping through dangerous paths. I was at the bottom, I needed to find a way, and I needed to find a way to get me back. The next thing I did was went to an outdoor store, bought a guide for the Pacific Curl Trust, I mentioned a lot as the PCT, in my book and I also bought a whole bunch of gear that I thought I would need. The store clerks helped a lot of buying the hiking essentials and then set out to walk back, set out a way back to life. 
For someone who is struggling or that hit a rough path, I would tell them to find a way that they can bounce back in their life. Maybe not hiking for 94 days and 1,100 miles, but something else that can just jumpstart their life. I would tell them, uh, even though it sounds like a rational decision, to try and leave everything behind and everyone that is bringing them down and to restart life. Uh, Act as if you just died in a video game and you have another life to redeem yourself. I am a strong believer in forgetting your past and of not letting my past define who I am. And that's something that I would recommend to others and to try to follow. After reading the book and watching the movie that was made with Reese Winspoon playing you, I couldn't help but think that it was a lot of quietness, just you being with your own mind and nobody else. I know that for me, even I even have a hard time sometimes doing homework or trying to fall asleep at night because of all my thoughts. I always need to have music playing or some little background noise to help me fall asleep or to work better. I was wondering how you were able to overcome your thinking, your thoughts, and every everything else playing in your head while being out in the wild completely alone and quiet. I wasn't really able to overcome all the rush in my thoughts, and to me, that was, I think, part of the beauty of it all, because I, being alone for 94 long days, walking and doing the same thing every day, covered in sweat, dirt, and blood, was very difficult. My mind would go off, my mind would go in so many different directions while on my journey. I essentially thought about everything that needs to be thought about in my life. I also thought about a lot of things I didn't want to think about. It was as if I went through different eras of my life on the trail, where I would process my father and process my mother, and I would suddenly remember what happened to me back in seventh grade. All the things would pop up from random times in my life, and I think the trail really was such a healing journey, because it was as if I was allowing myself to be alone with all my thoughts, which I feel so, which I feel is something that people in our society don't do very often. That's very true. I agree. You mentioned that while you were on your journey, you allowed yourself to think and reflect on all your thoughts and to learn how to cope in a way that ended up being a healing journey. My next question for you is what other life lessons or things that this trail taught you in the end that you learned from? I mean, I learned so many things. Uh, I find it very hard to encapsulate it. You know, I learned how to save water and food, how to hike properly in snow, and how to make good judgments and bad judgments when meeting new people. I would say the deepest thing I learned were the simplest, the simplest things, the keeping faith within the step, one at a time. That's how we move forward and away from something. I think that the wild offers us new opportunities to physically enact with people, enact with people from something. Need to <laughs> wait. Enact with people spiritually. You know what we need to do is emotionally and psychologically to survive and to thrive in our world. I think people always see the wild as a scary, punishing place, and that place is that is greater than us. We think that we can control our lives and our environment, and we have so much more power than we actually have. But I found that the wild teaches us, teach us, teaches us, and taught me to surrender, to remember that we are always in land of beauty, and that there's always some type of beauty around us that we can find if we look for it. And in the world, we don't have to look very hard. It's right there in front of us. Beauty can literally be found anywhere. Okay, well, that's it for the questions that I prepared for you today. But the listeners, because... But for the listeners, because I think you answered... Whoa. But for the listeners, because I think you answered to the, your answer to this will be a little fun story. But can you explain uh, the listeners about Monster? <laughs> yeah, okay, so Monster. And I went through a lot. I'll tell you that much. But for every... Uh, for everyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, Monster is the name I created for my backpack. I came with it just a few days into my journey, and this is because it was an ab- abnormally large. It was the biggest backpack of anyone, 
of anyone I encountered that whole summer and maybe the biggest backpack that's ever existed. At the very beginning, right before I set on my trail, I stayed in a small home hotel and I had all the gear that I bought from the outdoor store all around my room, still in its packages. I had everything. I had my clothes, which wasn't much, only like two t-shirts, two pairs of socks, etc. I also had some food that I had to carry and water that would last me until I got to my next supply box somewhere along the way. I had a headlamp, bungee cords, water water purifier, collapsible stove, a tent. I mean, I had everything. But it wasn't until packing it all until I realized how big and heavy it was and that I would have to carry it every every day for 94 days. At first, I couldn't even lift the thing. A couple... At first, I couldn't even lift the thing a couple centimeters off the ground. It was that heavy. That's basically why I gave it the name Monster. Not only was it monstrously big, but I also, but I was also on the trail really examining some of my own internal monsters. My life at that time, it did feel like a weight that I couldn't bear. And to bear that monster all those days taught me a lot. The backpack actually became somewhat of a companion for me during my journey. So although it put me through hell at the beginning, I came to terms with it and accepted it. Wow. Well, that's all the questions I planned for you today, Miss Shale Strayed. No wonder why I struggled with it. Monsters, a backpack? What the heck? I want to thank you so much for coming on to my podcast series, and I'm sure all the listeners also enjoyed having your presence and listening to you speak today. Well, it was such an honor, and thank you for inviting me today. I had a lot of fun and loved your questions. All right, everyone, that is it for today's podcast of Empowering Women of the World. Stay tuned for next week when we will have a special one-podcast episode of Discovering the Mysteries of Emily Chenier. Bye, everyone. Stay safe, and remember, nothing is impossible.